you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. NFL Game Day View is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. This is NFL Game Previews. No analysts in this VO booth, just Game Preview Guy here, breaking down each and every game of Week 10 and letting you know who our 10-person picks panel sided with. Let's kick things off in Mafia land. This is the game of the week. The Buffalo Bills are at home a little wobbly after taking an unexpected L in week nine. And the Jets will win it. A shocking victory. They welcome the Minnesota Vikings, who can lay claim to be the number two threat in the NFC. The kick is up. For Minnesota to take down Buffalo on the road, they just need a DeLorean trip with Doc back to Week 9. That's when Buffalo's vaunted passing attack got shut down, and Minnesota's passing defense dominated the competition. Heineke play action, rolls out to the right on court down, throws over the middle, knocked away a Caleb Evans, and the Missouri rookie said no. Not this time! The Bills are hoping Week 9 was just a dream. Minnesota is not normally good versus the pass, and we typically light the skies up like a thunderstorm. Third and ten, going into the wind, way down the field! Oh my goodness! This is going to be 98 yards! So we start with each team's why-the-face performance. Josh Allen comes in off a 0-TD, 2-INT outing, rating in the 40s, worst game of his 2022. Shotgun snap to Josh. His pass is picked off. Intercepted by Sauce Gardner at the 25. Wow. I'm not sure what he was looking at there, Burr. The Vikings hold Taylor Heineke to 149 yards, just 5.5 yards per attempt, rating under 80. Heineke eyeballing somebody, throws it over the middle, intercepted by the across the middle of the field all game. Mafia's like, wait a minute, that's the Heineken? Allen is usually more Floyd's dark lord. 300 yards per game over 8 yards per attempt, 19 TDs on the season. Makes the handoff, gonna throw it. 
Looks downfield, looks downfield, fires downfield, looking for Diggs inside the five, dives for it, makes the catch, and it is caught. Touchdown, Buffalo! Vikings' pass defense has not played most quarterbacks like they did in Week 9. However, with Patrick Peterson having a great year, they're not in train wreck territory. And Peterson is going to be locked up in a heavyweight bout with Stephon Diggs. Peterson holding QBs to a 60 rating after nine weeks. Tyler throws right down the way nicely. Pat Peterson, wonderful, wonderful play. Diggs did have 90 yards versus the Jets. Allen looking to throw. He's got time. Uncorks. Deep shot. It's caught. Right out of the gate. He hooks up with Stephon Diggs. However, 10 targets, only five catches matched against high-end cornerbacks. He wasn't dominant. Peterson has to keep him that way to disrupt Buffalo's preferred method of travel on offense. Fires a ball down the left sideline. It is broken up. DJ Reed running step for step with Stephon Diggs. Vikings pass rush and the Bills O-line is a big-time matchup as well. Allen has gotten great pass protection on the year, but he got buried five times versus New York. Minute 15 to go. Allen hit as he throws. The ball is free. The Vikings, they have the personnel to apply just as much heat. 24 sacks for the season, 30-plus pressure rate, sub-20 blitz rate. That's a great combination. And he's sacked! He's sacked by Janiel! Taylor has 99 problems, and Janiel has two sacks. Buffalo's most dangerous runner, Allen. Huge week nine, two scores along the ground, 86 yards. Quarterback run. Allen runs left. Patrick Reese to the 30. Gets 25. Stutter steps to the 15. Left pylon. Touchdown. Josh Allen straight quarterback run. The Vikings have held their own against standard backs. However, worth noting, over five yards per carry given up to quarterbacks. They gave up over that to both Jalen Hurts and Justin Fields when they faced them earlier. Jalen Hurts headed right, and every member of the Vikings defense might as well have run to Delaware. Speaking of running games, Dalvin Cook would seem to have an advantage along the ground. Cook hitting at 4.6 a run in 2022, 76 yards per game. It's a flip right to Dalvin. He gets the 40, cuts to the left to the 50, runs through a bird at the 39! Look at what he's up against this week. The Bills allowed 5.1 yards per carry to the Jets on 34 carries. New York doesn't have a Dalvin either. Still, they beat up Buffalo's defense by gashing them along the ground. Toss sweep to the left to Michael Carter. Gets a block down the sideline. Breaks a tackle. Gets to the 40. To the 50-yard line. Hit from behind, but crosses into Bills territory. So the Bills have to correct that as well as their own passing offense. Their secondary just keeps on L-I-V-I-N. Great 2022 numbers. Didn't have issues against Zach Wilson in Week 9. Fires into the end zone, and it is... Intended for Garrett Wilson, it is incomplete. Well covered by Christian Benford. Stopping Kirk Cousins isn't going to be simple. They added TJ Hawkinson at tight end. He, JJ, and Thielen, the trio Buffalo will be focused on. Hawkinson didn't have a lot of yards per catch in his purple debut, but nine targets, nine catches. Cousins on third down, back to pass. He'll fire over the middle, caught, and it's a first down. Welcome to Minnesota, TJ Hawkinson. The Bills have Kid Dynamite to try and contain Justin Jefferson. 115 more yards last week. He danced. Floating one for the end zone, and Jefferson reaches up. 
touchdown Vikings. And he's getting over the gritty. Tredavious White might be back this week, but you can't throw him on J.J. out of the gate. The best candidate, Dane Jackson, holding quarterbacks to a 63.5 rating. Rodgers quick toss left side, broke it up. Dane Jackson had a beat on it and knocked it away. Our panel is assuming Allen plays with that bum elbow. However, Adam Rank is rolling with the Vikes, only one of the 10 to go purple on our panel. The Dallas Cowboys hit the road after their bye. This one means a little something extra. They are in Green Bay, ready for a good old-fashioned revenge match. Now we got another opportunity. God gonna show what we about, man. Feel the name on the back of that jersey, man. God damn, make plays. Play niggas on three. One, two, three. Play this is it. First time Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy face off against each other. This is Nikki Cardi-like beef, except they're more open about disliking each other. Quick refresher, none of this factually true. More like that SNL guy, Anthony Crispino. You hear about this thing now? You hear about this Rodgers guy? Blames McCarthy for not getting picked number one in the draft by his favorite team. What? A couple of weeks ago, Aaron, you were the clear-cut number one. What's changed over that time? Yeah, I wish I could tell you. Yeah, then McCarthy gets hired as the head coach on Rodgers' team afterwards. Awkward. Okay, that's actually true, and it's also true they went on to win a Super Bowl together. But yeah, but you hear about this, you hear this? Rodgers didn't think very highly of the guy. He set him on fire. No, the tale was he got him fired. And now we're here, Green Bay and Rodgers on a five-game losing streak. How does Rodgers respond after a three-int game to a Lions secondary that was ranked at the bottom? Two of those picks in the end zone, one a yard from it. Rodgers comes back the other way. It's intercepted. He was looking for Bakhtiari. Last week was full-on German doppelganger Rodgers. Rodgers' responses to the Packers' offensive struggles, not in German, though, and the kinds of things that would offend all those residents of his neighborhood. Daniel Tiger, Lady Elaine Fairchild, would not be pleased with Aaron's potty mouth. Aaron Rodgers is more than more than upset. So Rodgers has to find his happy place, has to play better versus a defense that's much better than the one he just faced. His pass protection is going to be on center stage. Green Bay's Big Uglies take on the top pass rush unit in the land. Cheeseheads are like, we know you have to double Micah Parsons. Eight sacks already. Looks like SpongeBob on 10 cans of Red Bull most of the time. More pressure. Parsons, sack, fumble, it's loose. The thing is, Parsons doesn't have the highest pressure rate in the NFL. You want to know who does? Dante Fowler. Four sacks to go along with it. Yeah, Parsons helps, but he's having a resurgent season. Fields under immediate pressure, and down he goes. It's Dante Fowler. Rodgers, in the end, dealing with four guys with four-plus sacks. He's going to feel it from every angle. Oh, Fields pinballed around in the backfield, and the Dallas defense racks up another one. And it's big Demarcus Lawrence. When A-Rod lets it fly, he's doing so against a defense that's sporting a nice low 80s rating against. Under 10 yards per catch allowed. Yards per attempt allowed, low sixes. It is battled for it. Pettis comes out with it. Anthony Brown tried to rip it away from him, but either way, it's a turnover on downs. Trayvon Diggs is going to be on someone, probably tries to erase Alan Lazard. Diggs is a big risk, big reward guy. He's got a lot of awards to show for it. Rating against under 75, 12 passes defensed, three INTs. He knew it was his ball. Something overcame him. And you could just tell by his body language. Rodgers may have fun trying digs at this point just for the game of it, right? But what Green Bay really should try is a heavy dose of the Dylan and Jones law firm. 
Aaron left the game hurt last week, but they think he's okay. Dylan averaged less than four a carry in that game. Dylan gets it. He's stuffed. Oh, big play by Detroit. You can give that the X Factor stamp because Dallas's D isn't doomsday status yet because they can be had along the ground. 4.7 a run allowed overall. Pressure on fields, using the legs again, and getting a first down again. For what it's worth, they are a little better against running backs specifically, but 4.4 isn't bringing the crowd to its feet either. Packers defense, it's one of the ones feeling pressure to keep the score low in order to let the offense have a chance to scratch out enough to win. Green Bay faces a balanced offensive attack. The return of the DAC has gone well enough. His last two games rating over 110 in each, completion percentage over 75 in both, dubs in both. That's a nice throw by Dak Prescott right over the top. Prescott is up against an above average pass defense. The Packers held Jared Goff to a rating under 80, under six yards per attempt and picked him off. Goff has time on load. Oh, it's intercepted. Alexander's got it. Prescott has to deal with Packers cornerback Jair Alexander. Alexander holding QBs to a low 50s rating. Completion percentage allowed low 50s as well. I told you I'm with the aliens, baby. He can erase a wide receiver, so watch for him on CD. Lamb has drawn the most looks from Dallas's quarterbacks, has put up over five catches a game, close to 70 yards per outing. Off the feet, Prescott, look at end zone for Lamb. He's got him. Dak will utilize Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, plenty. The duo has been good for about seven catches a game, 80 plus yards. Schultz more prominent lately with Prescott steering the wheel. He's got Schultz again. He and Schultz for the last two seasons have been so good on these. Green Bay's pass rush is built around the blitz. Only one team has sent extra bodies more often than they have this season. So now Heineke under pressure and gets ripped down. Prescott rating close to 110 against five plus. Not a big body of work, obviously. Run game. Zeke is back, Cowboys fans. Hey now, that's that's not nice. Packers aren't getting some washed up has-been. He's still picking up over four a run. Najee Harris has dreams about getting more than four yards on a handoff. I don't really know if that's true. It's just that Najee's only averaging 3.3 a carry. But forgive Dallas fans for feeling like Ferris looking at Zeke a little like Cameron's car and seeing Tony Pollard and feeling like, oh yeah. And here comes Pollard with a huge hole and a first down. The number 20 Dallas Cowboy RB, 1997, Tony Pollard, Tennessee. Only one was made. He spent three years refining his game. He's Zeke's friend, his teammate. It's not his fault. He's averaging two full yards more than Elliott. Bow wow. And when Zeke sat out versus Chicago, all Pollard did was average over nine a run and drop 130 plus yards. Packers played Detroit's runners well, even after that, still giving up 4.8 yards per carry for the season. And a beauty, Hall running free, Brees Hall inside the 10, he's gonna score! Everyone is off the Packers and on the Cowboys in this one, 10 picks for Dallas. All right, we have a good one for our German brethren. They get a first place clash. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming in off a vintage TB12 moment. Here's the 
snap to Brady, fakes to Fournette, he throws, it's caught, it's in for the touchdown! Incredible! They take on the upstart Seattle Seahawks, living like the Bad News Bears, Mighty Ducks, dare I say the 1954 German soccer team maybe. Smith firing, Metcalf keeping the feet inbounds for the touchdown! That 54 team, by the way, shocked the world. Seahawks are doing the same in 2022. Here's the reality. The Bucks have a tough task ahead with Geno Smith. He's balling. It's not a fluke. We're nine games in. He keeps putting up good games like last week. 275 yards through the air, two touchdowns, triple-digit rating, over eight yards per attempt, rating in 2022 close to 110. Geno Smith under pressure and delivers on target to Noah Fant. His primary targets most of the time, wideouts, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, both scored last week. They are one and two in targets for Seattle. Smith for Metcalf, good two-hand catch by DK Metcalf. Smith to the end zone, it is caught for the touchdown, it's Tyler Lockett. So the Bucks need to play the wideout position well. If your name is Cooper Cup, that's a problem for them. But otherwise, how about holding that position to a mid-80s rating? Seven TDs allowed, four INTs on passes to wideouts. Going deep, down the field, intercepted! Jamel D with a terrific pick! Wait though, says the 12s, Lockett and DK weren't Geno's top target last week. It was tight end Noah Fant. That's what's been remarkable about Geno's second coming. He's been adapting. And a first down, and plenty more, and Noah Fant into Arizona territory. Last second TDs aside, Bucks defense has pressure to keep Seattle in check. And to do that, they also have to play the run well. Kenneth Walker has vaulted himself into the offensive rookie of the year convo. Another 100 plus yard game last week. Trip to the paint. Bucks defense has its hands full. And Walker pounding his way into the end zone for a touchdown. Running the ball is a Seattle advantage in theory. Tampa Bay has not played runners well. Yards per carry allowed 4.6 in 2022. He's got another big run. First and time. Bunting. Bucks have to hope to get a repeat performance from a Vita Vea type. He got home two times last week. They would love to see Gino's house this week. On second and ten. Oh my goodness, Vita Vea. Tampa has to keep the score low in theory because their O face is still a little awkward. You can focus on the game winner, the 280 yards, the TD, the no picks. If it was 1980, you would read that box score and you'd be like, all right, Tommy. But hold on, the problems aren't solved just because they won. Seattle secondary is not dealing with a Tom Cruise Top Gun aerial attack. Brady threw 58 times versus the Rams, just 4.8 yards per attempt, plenty of backs averaging more per run this season. His rating under 80. To the end zone, wide open, oh my goodness! He dropped it! He just has to hope that last throw and that last drive carries over to Europe as well as the second half of the season. Hawks faced a dual threat guy last week at quarterback, so that's apples to oranges. The Seahawks have not played the pass well overall this season, rating allowed 94. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins has a touchdown! But they do have some DBs playing good ball. Tariq Woolen and Michael Jackson have been giving QBs who try them the beat-it treatment, both of them holding QBs to sub-75 ratings. Good job by the rookie Tariq Woolen. Boy, Woolen has had an absolutely fabulous season so far. Their play is significant because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are still Brady's top targets. Today, as Brady. Oh, 
Last pick up right off the ground. That's incredible. That is amazing. The, however, only 12 catches on 21 targets, just 76 yards between the two versus the Rams. So Seattle has to know Brady will turn to the likes of wide receiver Scotty Miller and tight end Cade Otten. Can you contain Miller and Otten? The Rams couldn't, over 120 yards between those two, along with a score. Ramsey switches sides. He goes over there to try and take that away. He didn't think you would just attack him with Scotty Miller. Seven votes for the Seahawks, three for the Bucks, including Eric Edelm, who is our pick's leader. The Washington Commanders hit the road for Week 10, trying to become the first team to defeat the Philadelphia Eagles, who have officially adopted a new fight song. John Cougar Mellencamp is playing non-stop on 102.9 right now. Okay! Okay! If this was 2021, Washington would have to have a good run defense to slow Philadelphia's offense. But this is 2022, pick your poison. Washington stacks the box to stop the run, then they deal with Jalen Hurts, Mr. MVP candidate, letting it fly. It was a perfect strike by Jalen Hurts. He dominated a good Texans pass defense with his arm. He's looked pretty dominant as a passer all year. 12 touchdowns, only two picks. King Kong Bundy-sized passer rating, i.e. triple X. He throws, touchdown, Commanders have a major wide receiver to cover and a pretty high-end tight end as well. A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard flexing their pass-catching muscles in Week 9 accounted for more than 50% of Hurts' targets. 160 yards between them, two touchdowns. He is firing, and it is a touchdown, A.J. Brown. Hurts throwing, open. Who else? Goddard. Devontae Smith always looms, just less than 30 yards per game the last three. He's feeling a little Jan Brady lately. AJ, AJ, AJ. So how difficult is it going to be for Brown to have a big game versus Washington? They haven't played the pass well this season. They've given up a rating close to 100 to wide receivers specifically. They faced Justin Jefferson in Week 9, gave up 115 yards and a touchdown to him. Washington's pass rush needs to take advantage of their advantage. They have one of the highest pressure rates in the NFL. Two sacks, 11 QB hits in Week 9. Third and 11 is a sack up the middle. There goes Deron Payne. Problem is, sacking Hurts in and of itself hasn't mattered much. He's gotten planted three-plus times in a game, five times this season. Hurts is trapped. And down he goes at the 33-yard line. You know what Philadelphia's record is in those games? so it's more trying to pressure him into bad decisions. Washington's great pressure rate has not led to a lot of bad decisions by quarterbacks. We haven't even touched on Philadelphia's rush attack. Miles Sanders, another 5.5 per run effort last week. He's been healthy, knock on wood. So that's the norm for him. Miles Sanders, touchdown! Hertz hasn't even run much the last two games. Washington has played running quarterbacks well at least, 3.5 yards per carry allowed. Hertz knows firsthand, only had 20 yards on nine carries when these two met in week three. Philadelphia won that game 24-8, but it was the defense that led the way. Sacked Carson Wentz nine times. He fumbles the football. Let's see, I think the Eagles are on it. They are! This week, they'll try and shake up the Heineken. Taylor Heineke, two touchdowns last week. But a pick, only 149 yards, only 5.3 yards per attempt, rating under 80. 
Heineke faced a decent amount of pressure too, sacked three times, hit seven times. Heineken faces a DUI checkpoint at almost every crossing this week with this defense. It is deflected and intercepted on the deflection. Prime time play, mate. Prime time play. The big time game. Don't need to rip off stats for Philadelphia's play against quarterbacks. First, he's got to deal with Robert De Niro, Val Kilmer, Tom Sizemore, Eagles versions, Fletcher Cox, Hassan Reddick, Javon Hargrave. Philadelphia has tallied 26 sacks in eight games. Hargrave with the sack trick last week. He's hit. With Heineke dealing with that kind of heat, Peter Griffin, oh, there it is, he said it, it's going to make finding Terry McLaurin tough this week. Mr. Get in Formation is going to be on him all game. Did Darius Slay play last week? He gets that a lot. Here's the context I can provide. Philadelphia's other outside cornerback, James Bradbury, holding quarterbacks to a 40.1 rating, one of the lowest in the NFL. Yeah, as good as he's been, Bradbury has faced 17 more targets than Slay. Quarterbacks are like, I mean, the anvil is tough, but I don't want him tagging into the hitman. Slay is holding quarterbacks to the lowest rating in the NFL. How scary is the Terry he's going to try and shadow? He only caught five of nine targets last week, 50 yards and change. He's the big threat, though. It ends up in the head of Terry McLaurin. Hey, Philadelphia has not played the run well. There's that. Didn't play it well in week nine, over 130 yards to Damian Pierce. Haven't played it well in 2022 at all. Oh no, they're still 8-0. No one dares go against Philadelphia. All 10 voters went Eagles. You go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it irish spring body wash and bar soap fresh green irish shop now at a store near you Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
The Jaguars hit the road and head west this week, feeling better about themselves. They head to Kansas City, who showed they can win a grinder if they need to. There's that left-to-right move, power kick by Butker to put the Chiefs on top. This is a classic. If the Jags can dodge a wrench, they can dodge a ball. If they can find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes, they could beat the Chiefs. KC comes in with a league-leading 30-plus points per game average, and they haven't even looked perfectly in sync yet. Kind of scary. Now to Hardman. In space. Good cut inside. Into the end zone. McCall Hardman. Touchdown, Kansas City. Like clockwork orange, Mahomes leads the league in yards per game by a wide margin. He averages almost eight yards per attempt. There's almost no way to account for his arm at times. Slant. It is caught. It's caught by Jody Fortson. Touchdown! Or his legs, I guess. Against the Titans, he led the team in rushing. Six carries, 63 yards, and a score, including a key two-point attempt after. On the run, will he run for it? And go to the pylon and tie the game at 17. Jaguar secondary will have the most pressure to play above their previous levels. They have to contain Juju Smith-Schuster. He sits 12th in yards for wideouts. So the pocket he throws complete. Juju Smith-Schuster. Boy, has he been a good addition. They've got to deal with Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Averages 16-plus yards a catch. Has a lot of time. Going deep. Valdez-Scantling has it down to the 30. And, of course, the guy who it all flows through, Travis Kelsey leading all tight ends in receiving yards. They're going to throw it. Near side it is. Caught! Touchdown! Travis Kelsey, four touchdown receptions. Jacksonville has played the pass pretty well in general, but they've allowed a 99.1 rating to tight ends this year, 444 yards. Those aren't terrible numbers, relatively speaking, but they ain't good either. Fires that way into the end zone. High pointing the ball is Jelani Woods. He's got it. Touchdown! Jags defense is solid against the run, which is less of a concern against Kansas City. Rather, they've got to find a way to keep Mahomes from connecting on first and second down and making third down too easy. Their third down offense converts on 50% of their attempts, second best in the league. Upper on the side, that pass, now he's got to keep it alive. And fire to Edward Getting Kansas City into third and longs could be key, and it would give their secondary a chance to pick him off. The Jags have nabbed eight picks. The timely forced turnover or two could keep them in the game to make it close. Looking, fires downfield, that ball is tipped and intercepted. Andre Sisco picks it off after the deflection. Other way around now, Trevor Lawrence coming in off one of his better outings versus the Raiders, 25 of 31 with a touchdown and no picks. He limited mistakes and made solid decisions en route to a 27-20 victory. Lawrence throws it. He's got it for a touchdown. He also used his legs as well. Six rushes for a timely 53 yards, almost nine yards a carry. And a pressure's coming. Lawrence steps up. He's going to keep it himself, and he's got the first down and more. Jags receivers, Kansas City will try and stop. Kirk, Jones, and Jones. If you're in an accident, they're on your side. Christian, Zay, and Marvin paced things last week. Typically, the three Lawrence hones in on. He's got a wide open Zay Jones. Former Raider makes the catch in Vegas territory. This is one of those all the throws comments that NFL evaluators are always looking at. Throws on the run and completes it. Big third down play to Marvin Jones. Helping the Jags cause protection. Lawrence has been getting a lot of it. They've only allowed 12 sacks this season, tied for second in the NFL. On first down, it's a play fake. Lawrence throwing on the run, connects with Luke Farrell. Chiefs pass rush, Carlos Dunlap, Chris Jones, the big threats for them. 
they were both in on at least a sack in their win over Tennessee. Will is in trouble, sacked by Carlos Dunlap. Kansas City's secondary, it faced 16 pass attempts by Malik Wilson last week, 80 yards. Can't trust that. So no, they are one of a handful of teams giving up a triple digit rating. 17 to three TD to INT ratio is great if you're a QB. Throws to Diggs in the end zone. He makes the catch, touchdown Buffalo. The real key for Jacksonville is likely how well they run the ball. They got another 100 yard day from Travis Etienne last week. Snap, Etienne up the middle and he is in for a touchdown. Only 3.9 yards per carry, a far cry from his season average of 5.7. But he kept the opposition honest and was productive into the fourth quarter, just what the Jags offense needed after spotting the Raiders 17 points to start that game. You've got so many blockers out in front of ETN here. All he has to do is make one cut, and he's in the end zone. ETN has three straight games with 100-plus yards. Now he faces a defense that gave up two touchdowns, 115 yards on 6.8 a run to the camp. Henry to the left, and there he goes. King Henry on the run. Derrick Henry. ETN isn't there yet, but he's at least a prince, right? Red chalk across the board. 10 out of 10 predictions went to the Chiefs. The San Francisco 49ers are at home after their much-needed week of rest. The LA Chargers heading up I-5, coming off a win. A very, very fortunate win. Falcons say Eckler was not ruled down. Ball comes loose again. Wow. This is a big game for both these teams. For San Francisco's offense, this will be the first time we see Debo and CMC together for a full game. And Kyle Shanahan will have had two weeks to come up with ideas. We better see some Matrix peripheral-like offense, right? National Titans Day, dude. You're my gift. I mean, the first full game of just CMC, Christian McCaffrey pulls a TD threesome. A passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown. He's lined up for a big game on the ground. The Chargers have given up 5.7 yards per carry in 2022. No team more generous to runners on a per-run basis. Walker chugging down the sideline. Can he outrace Michael Davis? He can! <laughs> 74 yards! How about as a receiver? With San Francisco, CMC Music Factory has averaged five receptions a game. Chargers pass defense versus running backs. Rating allowed over 110, three touchdowns allowed. So you think you have and then you don't. What will Samuel's role be? He needs to be more involved. His first half involved a lot of next Friday games, which is fine, it wasn't terrible. Debo Samuel is inside the 25 of the Seahawks. But we got used to plain old Friday performances from him. He's the one that raised the bar, laying out all those reds on the way to the end zone. I tell you what, I mean, the point of attack, that's what sets him apart. Chargers defense has pressure to keep things close, like they did last week when they held Atlanta to 17 points. Mariota under pressure, and he is sacked once again. We should get some Samuel on Samuel Prime. LA's cornerback Asante needs to have a good game versus Debo. He's got to be the Craig. He can do it. He's holding QBs to a sub 90 rating. Intercepted! It's Samuel! If Samuel discourages Jimmy G from tossing it Samuel's way, Garoppolo has two other legit options. Brandon Ayuk leads the team with four TD receptions, almost five catches a game, 60 yards per game. He's been their most productive receiver. Burst of speed, and he's in! Touchdown, San Francisco! And at tight end, of course, LA has George Kittle to deal with. He's settled back into top three status at the position. Caught for the touchdown! 
touchdown, Kittle! Kittle versus James. Derwin won't always be on him, but it's a nice one-on-one when it happens. James holding QBs to a sub-75 rating, no touchdowns allowed. LA's pass defense as a whole hasn't been terrible, hasn't been amazing. Now they square off with Garoppolo. He has really good stats. Garoppolo flipping, turning it upfield for the touchdown! But his mistakes seem so costly, 49ers fans are always sort of on the fence, reluctant to get on board with him. Chargers offense now. Justin Herbert won last week without Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. Done guessing when Allen's going to play. Herbert has powered through his rib injury to get them to 5-3. and three. Herbert rolling right, throws, Eckler, touchdown! Herbert made do with Josh Palmer last week. 10 targets, 8 catches, 106 yards. Second and 8, Palmer makes the catch and hangs on. Herbert and whoever he has this week taking on a 49ers defense coming into this game healthier than they were when they took their last snap. That means they can make it tough on Herbert. Even beat up, their secondary has helped their defense post solid numbers against quarterbacks. Sub-90 rating against, only 8 TDs given up, under 11 yards per catch allowed. Hafunga, touchdown San Francisco! The Chargers will occasionally throw a knuckleball and load up on Austin Eckler on the ground, but no reason to throw many Wakefield or Necro specials in this one. 49ers holding runners to 3.4 a run. Here's Edwards Hilaire who gets his first carry, and I don't think he got there. And Eric Armstead should be back. That only makes things harder on Eckler, and it makes it harder on his fellow Duck brethren, too. Pulls it down and then goes down. Even without Armstead for the last while, Herbert is going to deal with heat. The 49ers pass rush has still managed to stay in the 30-plus club when it comes to QB pressure. A blitz. Pressure coming. Stafford is dropped! That club is exclusive. Scrubs like Game Preview Guy are not allowed. Nick Bosa is. First half shopping spree for that dude. Came home with eight and a half bags. Smith with Bosa charging in. It's Nick Bosa with a sack. The quote, new look 49ers have all 10 of our voters convinced 10 out of 10 went San Francisco. The Cleveland Browns head east after their week off. Buenvenido a Miami. They are next up to try and slow the Finns' three-headed monster. to the end zone. Touchdown. Tyreek Hill. Flip it, baby. Here's the bottom line. The Browns have to keep the 15 to 25 some odd passes thrown in the direction of the Cheetah and the Penguin from Tua from connecting in ways that alter the game. Good luck. Oh, he's got him. It's Hill. He's going to fly. Not to oversimplify it, but it's Miles Garrett and Cleveland's DBs against Tungavailoa, Waddle, and Hill. That trio hasn't lost a game that they've all started and finished. Tua's last two games, rating over 130, three TDs in each, no picks. Tua looking deep, he's got a man! Touchdown! Number two for Waddle! And here comes the Waddle! Tyreek, 140-plus yards in each of his last two. Waddle over 190 yards over the last two weeks, waddled three times. Caught for the touchdown, Waddle! And there he goes with the dance. Big picture, Cleveland sits on more or less average numbers against quarterbacks. More specifically, same is true about their play versus wide receivers. They have to play better than their season showing, rating allowed to that position, 96.9, seven touchdowns allowed. Higgins, what a catch! Wow, touchdown Cincinnati! as he took it away from Greedy Williams. Miles Garrett likely gets home versus Tua. Question is, can he alter his game? 
Garrett with seven and a half sacks had the most pressures in the NFL at their bye. Brown's pass rush with a respectable 28.1 pressure rate. Burrow three for three on third down, not this time, sacked by Garrett. You can make the argument the Browns offense is on the hook to play a role defending Miami's passing barrage. Keep them off the field, and they're built to do that. Cleveland fans seem to remind Kevin Stefanski of that in their last game. Give it to Nick Chubb, sit back, and enjoy. Season numbers, over 100 yards per game, 5.6 yards per carry, 10 scores. He's got upper management written all over him. Chubb breaks through, touchdown Cleveland. And then when Miami thinks you're going to pass, Chubb's taking a breather, it's Kareem Hunt. Three TDs, close to 40 yards a game. And off to Hunt, he's got a first down. And got another good block from Joel Batonio. So if you looked at Miami's yards per carry allowed figure, you'd see 4.5. That's high. Perfect for Cleveland to take advantage of. And he's off to the races. He's in for six. However, that figure is attached to what Justin Fields did to them from the QB spot. Running backs, Miami is holding them to 3.7 a run. And off jet sweep, Montgomery. Nice hit by Wilkins and wrestled down. Loses a yard. Dolphins secondary, Cleveland's passing attack. Dolphins aren't getting a terrible passing, though. Jacoby Brissett has a nice 11.4 yards per completion, rating close to 90 at least. Play action from Jacoby, throws, and the pass is caught, Donovan Peoples-Jones. And the Dolphins do have a couple solid pass catchers to track, especially if David Njoku is back. He was playing well when he got hurt. If he is playing, he makes it harder to overfocus on Amari Cooper. Cleveland's top target averages almost five receptions a game, close to 70 yards, five scores. Good protection aired out. Cooper! Dive and catch inside the 15. So can they take advantage of a Miami defense that has struggled versus quarterbacks? The Dolphins' troubles against the pass continued last week. They gave up a triple-digit rating to Justin Fields, which fits their 2022 body of work versus quarterbacks. There goes the ball. Touchdown, Mooney! What a Miami is going to hope their pass rush helps their secondary out. That's why they added Bradley Chubb. No sacks in his debut, but three QB pressures. The big X factor, Dolphins rush offense versus Cleveland's rush defense. Miami doesn't run much. Raheem Mostert has had some good games, though. They added Jeff Wilson. He had a good game last week. Both can ding the Browns along the ground. Cleveland's rush defense has been a problem, giving up 4.6 yards per carry in 2022. Get him, take it. Over the right side. No one believes in the Browns. Ten people on the panel, ten picked Miami. The Indianapolis Colts are off to Vegas, baby, feeling much more like Mikey and Trent a few hours into their trip. Vegas, baby, Vegas. The Raiders await. Neither team feeling very money right now. Here they come, Carr, and it's juggled and incomplete. Abdullah could not hold on. I know we're talking a two-win team versus a team that just fired its coach, but it's 2022. You get on a three-game win streak and you're a playoff contender. The Raiders, as odd as it might seem, have a more settled situation. So let's start with their offense. Derek Carr, week nine, over 250 yards, two TDs, no picks, 99.2 rating. His rating on the year, 88.5. Carr looking for Adams. He's got a step. He's got the catch. He's got a touchdown. The Colts have to stop Devontae Adams. 146 yards, two touchdowns in week nine. Check that. All of that in one half of football in week nine. Carr 
Looking deep at Adams down there. He's open. The defenders slip. Adams wide open. Touchdown. Then the Jaguars held him to zero yards, one catch on eight targets in the second half. The Raiders offense fell flat, blew the lead, lost the game. Carr looking for Adams and he can't hold on. That's the second time a team has given up a big half to Adams, then adapted, shut him down, and came back on the black and silver. I'll say it right when they start playing right. So this puts a lot of pressure on Stephon Gilmore. Colts play against the pass isn't great in 2022. Gilmore, though, is holding QBs to a low 80s rating. He spends his Sundays on most teams' WR1s. His play this week especially important. Wilson to the end zone, and it's intercepted! He would really benefit from his mates up front hurrying Carr up, and they have an opening here. Vegas has allowed a plus 30 pressure rate. That's Snoop High. Carr steps up, he's in trouble, and down he goes! Colts have Quiddy Pay, DeForest Buckner, and their old buddy Yannick Ngakwe. All of them have at least four sacks. Heineke flushed from the pocket and dragged down. DeForest Buckner, who has just been playing sensational. Raiders ground game went from red hot to ice cold in a matter of weeks. Josh Jacobs looked unstoppable weeks four through seven. Week 8, 43 yards. Week 9, 67 yards, 3.9 a carry. It's going to be hard to get out of that funk this week. Colts holding runners to 3.8 a run, second in the NFL. Indy would love to say the run game is going to be vital for them on offense. Part of the reason the wheels came off in Week 9 was the absence of Jonathan Taylor. They weren't just not in sync without JT. They were straight LFO or BSB. You know what I mean? The pitch. Jackson cuts it back. Looking for first down yardage. Did not get there. I'm not going to lie. I googled worst boy bands. I don't know who LFO is. I know the Colts have to either have Taylor come back and drop 150, or they need more production from the QB spot. Sam Ellinger last week, 103 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, 3.6 yards per attempt. So there was no point in passing, really. Pass over the middle, picked off, tipped and picked off. Let's see how new head man Jeff Saturday handles it. Hey, Matt, how bad is the shoulder, really? Frank's not here anymore, you know, you can level with me. Whoever takes snaps for the horseshoe, they're not facing a tough defense. Their pass rush coming off another zero sack game. They've given up the highest rating to quarterbacks of any defense in the NFL. Lawrence, good protection, finds his man and another first down. We have eight votes for Vegas. Daniel Jeremiah and Colleen Wolf, though, believe in Saturday they got Indy winning. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. 
Offer ends June 30th, 2024. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Pittsburgh Steelers are at home after their week off, hoping the return of the Watt provides a spark to their season. And it's Watt again! T.J. Watt on the turnover! They take on the New Orleans Saints, just one game out of first place. Jackson pulls it out of there, and he's got nowhere to go. What, we can't keep it positive around here? Lots of positive to talk about with New Orleans defense. Their secondary is good enough to keep this game close or even win it. Jackson is out to his right and heaves it downfield. Broken off. Saints secondary, a solid unit and not taking on an elite QB. He's very young, has a very unfortunate name for being a signal caller with a 2 to 8 TD to INT ratio at Pittsburgh's break. And this ball was just about to be a touchdown until yeah. the incredible play by TJ Edwards. Kenny Pickett, beyond the 2 to 8 TD to INT thing, only 5.8 yards per attempt, only 8.6 yards per completion, lowest rating in the game. Lots of reasons for it, but the bottom line, Drew would not approve of his O face. Looking, rolling. Looking left, throws it downfield, it's intercepted. Pickett now takes on a New Orleans D that held Lamar Jackson to 133 yards, just six yards per attempt. Nice low 61.6 completion percentage allowed for the year, holding QBs to 6.8 yards per attempt. Jackson fires to the sideline, dangerous throw and incomplete. If they keep things close, can the Saints offense scratch out enough points to win? They'd been scoring at a respectable clip prior to week nine, then just 13 points versus Baltimore. It's pass to the end zone. Wide open was Callaway, and he's missed. And Andy Dalton knows that he had a gimme. The key seems to be their run game. Their wins have featured big performances toking the rock from Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill. When the team is rushed for 135-plus yards, they're 3-1. and one. Taysom Hill keeps it. Looks for first down, and he's got it, and he's got room to run. Will he get caught from behind? That is going to be a touchdown, Taysom Hill. There's Kamara up the middle, inside the 10, the 5 to the end zone, touchdown. Games under 115 yards rushing, 0-5, including last week. Third down and one, Kamara, it didn't get it. They barely ran versus the Ravens, too, partially because they could not move the sticks. If they can crank up the ground action this week, this is what they get. Steelers rush defense, 4.2 a run to running backs. That's your Camara stat. Not bad. Motion man Higgins. Oh, blown up by Watts. 4.3 a carry to quarterbacks, which is good. Plus, Hill isn't taking all the snaps. Regardless, grade for Pittsburgh's defense at their break, N-A. No TJ, no way to know. There's a huge sack. 
for Pittsburgh. Dalton gets Watts Pittsburgh, and that's a different beast. It's kind of phenomenal how much an edge pass rusher can affect an entire defense. That's how good he is, though. Steps up, and he's dumped. T.J. Watt got a running start. Look, I could read you a bunch of numbers to show you that Pittsburgh's defense hasn't been great at stopping the quarterback, hasn't been great at sacking them, hasn't been special against the run. All true so far. Oh, boy. Deep ball it is. And it is caught for the touchdown. Let's just see how it goes with Watt on the field. As for defending Kamara, the receiver, Steelers aren't bad there either. 90.8 rating allowed to running backs. Chris Olave, he's going to be dealing with Cam Sutton. Olave had a nice week nine. Six catches, 71 yards. Second down, wide open and caught Olave. Sutton, low 70s rating allowed. Eight passes defensed. If you can get one PD a game, that's good stuff, man. Pass play with pressure. So we got four votes for New Orleans, six going to Pittsburgh. Sort of surprising, the Watt factor, I guess. Fans who thought this Week 10 matchup between the Cardinals and Rams might determine positioning in the NFC West were right. Just they likely didn't think that position would be for last place in the division. It's in for the touchdown! And the fourth quarter woes continue for the Rams. No, this season hasn't lived up to expectations for the defending Super Bowl champion Rams. The Rams fall to three and five. Or the Kyler Murray-led Arizona Cardinals. You could hear some boos from the Arizona fans because their team is just not playing well. Neither team has found any real momentum, and both are on the outside of the postseason picture looking in. Oh boy, it feels like a microcosm of some of the moments for Arizona today in this season. But that could change somewhat, starting with a win this weekend in Los Angeles. Of course, on offense, much of Arizona's success depends on Kyler Murray. Murray, quick throw, on the slant, it turns for the touchdown! The fourth-year quarterback is always a tough one to scheme for because of his big playability. Murray with a lot of running room. There goes Kyler. When the Cardinals and Rams played in Week 3's 20-12 LA victory, Murray threw the football 58 times. The Rams held him in check, though, and won the game. Play fake, Kyler Murray, crowded pocket. He's hit, he's wrapped up, he is dumped at the 20. But against the Seahawks, Murray used his legs to keep Arizona close, with two long runs that showcased just why he's leading the team in rushing, averaging almost 40 yards a game at more than six yards a carry. Collapsing pocket, Kyler Murray still on his feet, and using those feet for a first down and plenty more out across the 40-yard line. But Murray has to avoid the turnover issues this week that have plagued him this season. He's tied for the second most fumbles on the year. On fourth down, Murray staying on his feet, and he picks it up, but he lost the ball, and the Seahawks have it. Murray may also need to use those legs for more than just running the football against AD. The Cardinals are tied for giving up the sixth most sacks in the NFL. He just buries him for another sack. And even though the Rams as a whole aren't proficient at sacking the quarterback, Aaron Donald is, with four in his last six games, including a sack of Murray. Wanted to swing it, pressure coming, and Donald! Is he gonna get the sack? It's an intentional grounding flag. Of course, any conversation of this game also has to involve all-world receiver DeAndre Hopkins going up against all-world corner Jalen Ramsey, who has said before that Hopkins is his toughest matchup. Under 
pressure from Puna Ford. He's got DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins has a touchdown. We can't go back to that week three game earlier this season because Hopkins didn't play, but watching them go head-to-head before, it's clear these two take it to a whole nother level. Going deep for Hopkins, incomplete. Jalen Ramsey was working with him. As for the Rams' offense, major regression this year, a passing attack that can't crack 220 yards a game, they need Matthew Stafford to bounce back from a performance that saw him complete less than 50% of his passes. It's wide open. This is just a bad throw by Stafford. Which is right where his touchdown to interception ratio stands for the season. Eight of each, and even 50%. Stafford to the air, and it's intercepted! Stafford's eighth. I'm shocked he cut that ball loose. No matter how rough Stafford looks, he always finds Cooper Cup, TD last week, and 127 of Stafford's 165 yards. On a day in which he caught his 500th pass, now he's got his sixth receiving touchdown of the year. Here's the hold on there. Not many teams contain Cup. Arizona has held him under 55 yards in two of their last three meetings. 44 yards in their first meeting this season. Stafford looking that direction, cup, and it's off his fingertips at the goal line. The big culprit in LA, the offensive line. Stafford sacked 28 times, third most in the NFL, and why wouldn't opposing teams go after him? No rushing attack to speak of doesn't keep opposing defenses honest. Stafford, more pressure, Parsons, sack, fumble, it's loose. The fifth sack of the day for Dallas, and they've got it. Maybe Arizona's the team to get right against. Their defense has struggled in general and been susceptible to the pass. Throws right, caught by Fan to the 15. 20, 25, 30, stays in bounds at the 40, 45, 50. Oh, my goodness. What a mess that play was. Absolutely awful. Cardinals are giving up almost 27 points a game, second highest in the NFL. And despite Stafford being a sack machine, the Cardinals only got him once back in week three. There goes Skronik. An open Skronik with the catch. Another deep ball. Another 10-plus yard completion. Seven voters chose L.A. in this one. Three went Arizona, Marcus Grant, Mark Sessler, and Nick Shook. The Denver Broncos are on the road after a week off heading to Tennessee to take on the Titans, who appear to have a king-sized advantage along the ground this week. Henry to the left, and there he goes. King Henry on the run. Derrick Henry. Tennessee sports Derrick Henry. The Broncos' defense hands out more Abe Lincolns to runners than James Harden does at a... Sunday service. So that's where we start. Henry coming in off another one of his vintage outings, 115 yards, 6.8 a run, couple TDs, 108 yards per game on the ground in 2022. That's numero uno in the NFL. This is what the Tennessee Titans can do to teams, and it's the reason they won five games in a row. Those five spots we just mentioned, they could be flying. I just saw Harden is going to have free time for the next month. They could be flying in Henry's direction this week, too, unless Denver figured some things out. Five yards per carry allowed to running backs this season. Travis Etienne making people miss. Still going down the sideline. Titans defense won't be as preoccupied with stopping the run. By default, Denver's offense is mostly a pass-first joint at this point. It's just had an issue staying lit. You know, like the kids say, lit. Russell Wilson and the Denver passing attack, hoping that week off was what the doctor ordered. Let's go! 
I need you. I need you. I need you. Let's get it. Let's go silent free. Hey, believe in it. Don't doubt. Don't doubt. I think Archer has banned Russ from his nickname, at least until he's actually ready for some Kenny logins. Under 60% of passes completed in 2022. Only six touchdowns. Rating low 80. On second and eight, Wilson throwing it. He's intercepted. How easy will it be for him to get right versus Tennessee? Their pass defense hasn't been terrible this season. Hasn't been great either. Thing is, you can look at them giving up 446 yards to Patrick Mahomes and think that's not good. But he threw the ball 68 times, so just 6.6 yards per throw. They picked him off, held him to an 80.9 rate. So, Wilson isn't on easy street. Lost the focus on the ball or maybe just didn't quite see it in time and there it is. Wilson will be dealing with a better than average pass rush, 23 sacks, a plus 30 pressure rate while blitzing less than 20% of dropbacks. They took Mahomes down four times, Nico Autry two of those, gives him seven for the year. He's the leader guy in that department for them. Mahomes unable to escape and brought down. Wilson, he always seems down for a little grass, gets buried a little over three times a game. Russ has some time, now he does it! And now he's taken out of field goal range. Living in X-Factor land, the Titans passing game versus Denver's secondary. The Broncos have clamped most QBs they have faced. Great digits against the pass in 2022. Spray releases wide and then balls just a little bit on that right shoulder. Williams breaks on. Williams has been one of the best nickels in football for five or six years. Patrick Sertan, Denver's cornerback king. I feel bad for him. He's going to get really bored this week, potentially. Tennessee's offense has B.A. Baracus syndrome. They don't seem to enjoy taking to the skies, and it doesn't matter who's piloting the ship, either Murdoch or otherwise. Malik Willis has filled in the last two games. He has not looked ready. 80 yards last week, rating of 49. Willis throws sideline, and it is juggled and incomplete. The feeling is Ryan Tannehill may be ready to go, though. He doesn't put up huge numbers. They're just looking for efficiency from him, has a 90-plus rate, and at least scrapes together around 180 passing yards, which seems Marino-like compared to what they've got in the last two weeks. Play fake, Swain, all alone. I would like to say the Titans have even less incentive to pass because they have such a hard time protecting their quarterbacks. A plus 40% pressure rate allowed? It's been brutal. Willis in trouble, sacked by Carlos Dunlap. So couple that with Baron Browning, Bradley Chubb, Randy Gregory. Bob Belcher's going, um, mm-mm, mm, no. All of the panel went Tennessee in this matchup, save Daniel Jeremiah, the lone Bronco believer. The Chicago Bears are at home again, feeling like a win is theirs if they can just play a little defense. Just a little. Prescott, look at end zone for Lamb. He's got him. The Detroit Lions, their opponent, feeling like a two-game win streak is possible if they come close to playing defense like they did in Week 9. Rodgers' ball is tipped in the air. The Lions had it with Kirby Joseph, and he does. The Lions last week, their best defensive 2022 showing by far, picked off Aaron Rodgers three times, two times in the end zone, once right in front of him. Rodgers steps away, throws, it's intercepted again! It's Joseph again! But what they have to do well this week isn't stop the pass, it's stop the run. Specifically, you have to be able to stop Justin Fields. 
already in his short career has given us Lamar glimpses. Wait, let's go OG Randall glimpses. Not at their level yet, but last week, single-handedly tries to win it on his own, 178 yards on the ground, 11.9 per, 61-yard TD. If defenders came anywhere near a la Wiley Coyote, beep, beep. Fields now, he'll accelerate at the first down and break tackles, and he's off to the races. Oh, he got a terrific block down there by Mooney. He's in for six. So what can he do for an encore? Lions giving up five a carry. That's rough. And they will face a fair share of the Herbert Montgomery running back combo pack. Yards per carry allowed to QBs, though, 5.1. Only have one real apples-to-apples comparison. Lions faced Jalen Hurts in week one, gave up 90 yards, 17 carries, and a TD to that guy. Fields is like, yeah, I could work with that. You have it perfectly defended, and the next thing you know, that quarterback with his ability gets you a first down. Chicago's big challenge is stopping... Well, anything really. Last two games, 49 points to the Cowboys, 35 to the Dolphins. Blocked by Shell, down low, caught, diving pylon, Wilson, touchdown! Some Chicago fan will remind you, Miami scored on a pump block, so our defense only gave up 28, okay? Okay. But they have not handled Dak Prescott or Tua Tungavailoa well in the last two showings. They haven't looked good against C.D. Lamb, Tyree Kill, or Jalen Waddle in that same window. Tungavailoa to the end zone, touchdown! Tyree Kill! So what do the Lions have in that department? Detroit won last week, but Chicago is not dealing with a red-hot offense. 15 points last week with their defense handing them the ball over and over under 16 points scored in three of their last four. Goff gets rid of it. It is into the end zone and incomplete. Did not get there. So their key is Jared Goff taking advantage of Chicago's recently slumping secondary. Goff threw two TDs and beat Green Bay last week. That's great. Looking. First read not there. Going end zone. Caught for the touchdown. But the Bears still aren't dealing with a dude people are sending fire emojis about. 5.3 per throw versus Green Bay. Only 137 yards, an INT, rating under 80, season numbers, nothing special. Goff, pass time, unload, oh, it's intercepted! We touched on Detroit's pass defense playing Rodgers well. Just remember, that was sort of a first. Their secondary's 2022 play against quarterbacks has been rough, to put it kindly. Prescott's going to throw it in the end zone, Peyton Henderson! for his first professional touchdown. This week though, they face a team that passes as a way to set up runs ad-libbed or otherwise. Fields is coming off his best two game stretch as a passer. He put up a plus 100 rating game in his last two games. That's a first. First and 10 and here goes Phillips chasing the quarterback. Come out again with a block and a touchdown. And who knows what we would be talking about right now if that last pass he made versus Miami is caught. That was a great throw. Adam Rank is joined by seven others who agree Chicago will win, but Daniel Jeremiah and Colleen Wolf are rolling with Detroit. The Texans are on the road to start the second half of the year. They get arrested New York Giants club, hoping Houston hasn't been listening to Future all week. G-Men want nothing to do with that trap business, man. Let's do the damn thing. Keep them here. Let's go. Let's be some bad boys. New York's offense couldn't be better positioned. The Texans have a better than average pass defense, but their run D has spent the year living next to Oscar the Grouch. 
and now they have to try and slow a rush attack, gaining close to five yards per toe. Barkley again on second down, slithers through an opening, steps through a tackle, he's got a first down. New York's recipe should be simple then, run, forest, run. Big Blue Faithful have been loving the return of Saquon, Barkley hitting at 4.8 a pop, averaging close to 100 rush yards a game, leaving jock straps strewn in his way. You really are always holding your breath when this guy gets the ball, because at any point, he can bust this thing open and hit the home run. He's problem number one for the Texans. Then there's dual threat Danny. 5.7 a run for Jones, been killing defenses with his ad-lib jaunts. Daniel Jones, his second rushing touchdown of the game. Forgive DJ and Saquon for the drool. Texans gave up 4.6 a run to Philadelphia in week nine, 5.5 allowed per run in 2022. They are the dive bars of rush defenses. No ID needed, go on through. Big gaping hole for Sanders to the 41 yard. Now, the ground game is Houston's best chance to keep things close. New York's defense on paper is inviting the Texans to employ the same run-first strategy. They haven't been any tougher on ball carriers, 5.5 per run allowed, 5.4 to running backs specifically. Trashcan Avenue apparently has plenty of run defenses living on it. Jackson hands it to Drake. He's got a hole. He's to the 20. 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Kenyon Drake. That's where Houston running back Damian Pierce comes in. Dude is Mr. Roper, Teddy on Bob's Burgers, Pam on Archer. Most fans just don't know, man. They're so good. Pierce last week, 27 carries, 5.1 a run. 139 yards, Kid has Offensive Rookie of the Year written all over him. Pierce again, off he goes again, Pierce, oh, this rookie is tremendous. Problem is, he's the opening scene in Super Troopers. What else can he do? He's already pulled over. How can he pull over any further, so to speak? Great games from him haven't equaled wins meaning the upset potential really lies in Houston's passing attack's ability to overcome New York's secondary. That's problematic for Davis Mills. I'm not even saying his body of work or week nine performance is totally his fault. Neither one, though, is worth talking about. Two more INTs last week. Pressure on Mills, look out throws and it's going to be picked at the 42 yard line. So Brandon Cooks, are you in? Are you out? It's like a pickup basketball game where you can't tell if the guy is leaving or if he's just going to wander back at some point. Either way, Mills is up against a defense holding QBs to just 6.6 .6 yards per attempt. Completion percentage allowed under 60. Rating against under 90. Only one of their key DBs has a rating allowed over 85. Gotta hope you can hit that womp rat, kid. Adoree Jackson didn't go for the window dressing, didn't go for the pastry at the top of that route, and was all over it. Davis has to be ready for extra heat, too. The Giants are the kings of the ballroom blitz, sending extra pass rushers over 40% of the time. The Giants with pressure. Smith steps away from the first, but he cannot get away from Micah McFadden. Mills versus the blitz? Just know he's held his own against four-plus pass rushers. I like the dude. He's in a tough spot, though. His counterpart as a passer, Jones only generating 175 passing yards per game by design. And because when he drops back, he faces pressure 36.7% of the time. Only a few teams have given up a higher rate than that. And Nuosu with his second sack of the day. Jerry Hughes, that's your cues. 
has seven bags in 2022. Look out again, and there is Hughes again. Jones is just looking to ding the Texans secondary here and there, just keep them from loading the box up every snap. Jones finds Hudson upfield, first down. Who do the Texans have to focus on when he does pass? Barkley, he leads the team in targets as well. Barkley at midfield, jukes a man at the 40, jumps over a tackle at the 30, to the 25, and finally knocks out of bounds inside the 20-yard line. No shock here, all blue, all the time, Giants got all 10 of our picks. NFL Game Day View is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 